Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Touched by Horse. I'm your co-host, Chris Angel, here with your host today, Dr. Myra hecken Label gatto Did I say it right, Myra? <laughs> Close, yes. Hecken, hecken Label. Hecken Label. Hecken Label. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, so good. it's a good one. What's the origin of that? Um, it's an old German name. Yeah. Well, it's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about your work today and crossing life's bridges and all that you do. But let's start with a little backstory. How did you get into this work of, or what is the work? Because I know you do more than just um, equine gestalt coaching. So what is your work? Yeah, well, you know, um, for the last 30 years, I've worked with people from uh, kids, five years old, up to 75. And wow. I've worked in multiple different settings, um, educational settings. I started out as a special education teacher and a school psychologist, and I'm um, a visiting assistant professor. Yeah. So I love those areas. At the same time, I did the mental health fields where I was a former licensed psychologist, and so I did therapy, and a registered play therapist, so I love the experiential stuff. Ah, nice, so yeah. it's, it's really been a, a wide, well, it's always like to me, honestly been one thing. It's just different modalities on how to help people. Yeah, I love it. Who, um, what is the, when you think about helping them, helping them towards what? Do you have a certain thing you help people towards? Yeah, I, I think the thing that always has been for me, whether it's been in the education field or mental health, emotional field, has really been uh, personal growth. Mm -hmm. Really looking at who you are, um, connecting mm -hmm. with yourself, really figuring that out. And so you really can be the best that you can and really helping, your, helping yourself be able to help others to use the gifts that I guess God yeah. gave you really and right. serve other people. Yeah. What is, uh, what does it, what does crossing life's bridges mean to you? That, what is, yeah. Yeah. That, I took a lot of uh, thought and prayer, I guess, to, to do that. And crossing life's bridges to me, the, the crossing is symbolic. Um, for mm -hmm. me, it was a calling a faith-based mm -hmm. that that's where I would believe I was being led to be. And everything mm -hmm. I've done up to that point really put me here. Um, yeah. All the experiences that I had have all helped me learn, especially the people that I had had the honor, honestly, of working with. Um, they, they taught me so much more than any of the book work that I did. Right. And so crossing really has that, but at the same time, it's a movement. Mm. And so life I put in there because we all have different things happen to us in our life. It doesn't mm. have to, it's not really a range of who has something small or who has something bigger to work on. We all have things that happen and what mm. matters is how we feel about it. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. the bridges is really that movement from one side to the next, mm. um, really being able to cross that. And sometimes we get stuck in that area where we don't know how to cross it. Maybe we don't even know how to put our foot on the bridge right. or we get stuck halfway. So crossing life's bridges is really a movement and it takes really, in my opinion, um, some awareness of where we are mm. so we can start keep moving forward in our life. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where do you see, because you've had a lot of experience over the years in working with people to cross those bridges, where do you see people get stuck? Like if you had to shoot it super straight right now and you had to mm. say like, this is where I see people really suffering, what, where is that? You know, I think a lot of it is um, fear. Many times, and I'll speak for myself as well, um, sure. fear of the unknown, what's mm. going to happen, um, not knowing who we are. Sometimes we lose our identity mm. and it might be when we get involved in relationships, it might be in mm. jobs, we kind of lose who we were meant to be. Mm. And um, it's kind of scary to step out and be vulnerable. And I think we get stuck because mm. we don't know, we think we have to have the right answer or maybe something that works for somebody else, but it's not working for us. And not being as willing or 
knowing even where to start on that. So we got to get right. stuck and just say, this is, this is life, I guess. So whether it's um, losing ourselves in a relationship or a career, um, mm -hmm. losing ourselves in pursuit of a goal, I would imagine there's a lot of very specific examples of how we can lose ourselves in the context where we feel stuck. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're, you know, when we lose ourselves, sometimes we put ourselves out there and it's not that, I mean, we, we live in a situation where obviously we have to work with each other. But what happens is if we lose who we are, we become, and I've experienced that when I was going through my doctoral program, you really end up being like a robot and mm -hmm. we go through the motions. Mm -hmm. And we do maybe a good job at everything that's being done, but we kind of lose that inside spark that we had. Yeah. And when we lose that, it's not that it's gone. When I say lose, it's not like it's gone forever. Sometimes other things just come over it mm -hmm. and um, it gets hidden underneath. And so really, I think sometimes what it is, is to mm -hmm. find what that is. And sometimes to be honest, uh, there's, there's people who didn't really get to, I guess, let that bloom they didn't have a chance to let that grow. So they didn't really even know what gifts they have because sometimes yeah. we're put in a box yeah. or expectations. Right. And so we don't know what we have. So we really have to uncover that and kind of learn how to, I always say, befriend all parts of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And that's not always easy to do, but it's important because it, it yeah. made us who we are. So I feel like it takes... Um, I get it and I, I get it from, from the work I've done myself and I get it conceptually. But if I were trying to play devil's advocate for a minute, I feel like it's e like I can appreciate the concept, but it takes time to get to know myself. And yes. in the middle of a relationship I'm trying to make work or in the middle of a career I'm trying to make work, um, it's inconvenient <laughs> yep. to try to find who I really am. Like, I, you know, my career doesn't stop because it's waiting for me to find out who I am. So Right. How do we juggle that? How do we juggle the finding who we are with the demands of life today kind of a thing? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question because I think life, um, we say life happens, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's not like every day it's a piece of cake. You know, we know exactly where we're at. And I think part of it is we, we do what we need to do to get by is what I'm saying to start yeah. with. I mean, yeah. I know I've had to do that. Yep. And there comes a point in time that when it gets to the point that it's not working for us anymore. Hmm. I, think, I think we can go on and we do well. Many hmm. people, you, you do what you need to do, whether you have a family, your career, you're doing what you need to do. But there'll be, a, comes a time in your life where it's getting harder to do it. You're, you'll hmm. feel it inside that something's not quite there. Hmm. And when that is, then I think that's when we start kind of shifting our priorities and being able to say, okay, this isn't working quite well. Hmm. And what I always say is we don't have to, I have a big person that doesn't like the word change. And people mm. might laugh at that when I say that. Change to me seems huge. It mm. seems everything I've worked with people is, you're asking me to change. That means there's something maybe wrong with me. Um, nothing's working right. There's always a problem. We're not satisfied. And I'm like, no, that's not it. It's, and so for me, I like to shift. And I'm asking people mm. just to tweak a little bit at a time mm. because sometimes it's terrifying. And like you said, to have the time and the space to do it, it's like, I don't have the time. But do we have a chance or a time to shift a little bit, one thing at a time? Yeah. And so when we're crossing those bridges, I always say we go bit by bit. It doesn't have to be a huge jump, but a little mm. bit is manageable. And yeah. then we find ways to do that without having to feel we have to give up everything right. just for us. Yeah. I heard, I heard not too long ago, uh, somebody say, um, you know, you don't have to be a completely new person. Let's just be a little better. Like, let's just be a little right. better or a little more aligned. Let's, you can always come right. a little bit closer to center. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I like that because I don't think that um, there was something, I always never said that there's something wrong with somebody if they're either seeking help or looking for things, because Mm -hmm. in my life, there's a lot of people, including myself, that I just want to be the best version of me. Mm, That doesn't mean there's a problem with me. It just means that Mm. I believe my mom, dad always used to tease me and they'd say, you're going to keep going to school and learning things until you're dead. And I said, yeah, I (laughs) kind of laughed. And I think we are, but I love to learn. I love to grow. I, every new season in our life comes with something different. So I don't think whether we want it to be the same exact all the time, I don't know if that's possible. I don't think it really is. Hmm. And so when we're shifting and growing, I think that gives us the chance to say, you know what? this season or season of my life, this is where I'm at. But what if when the next one comes, I see myself differently. I have different expectations. I have mm-hmm. um, different people maybe in my life. Right. right. So it's not ever going to be the same. Yeah. What are some of the, um, I don't know if you call them like mindsets or, or skill sets that are required for us to cross that bridge. Like there's, there's ways we have to think and be and do in the uh, aligning or becoming more ourselves. Like, yeah. What thought? What thoughts do we have to change? And you know, I think for me, one of the first things, um, like if you someone just asked me, you know, who are you? And that's the thing I used to do when I was working with college students or younger people and, mm-hmm. or adults. Say, who are you? And a lot of times we want to say, um, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a psychologist. I'm a teacher. I'm this. I'm this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's not really who you are. That's what you do. Right. But who are you? Because there's a common theme in all those areas. Hmm. And so to really start, I think we we need to be able to be willing to sometimes be quiet mm. and sit with stillness mm-hmm. um, and really connect with who we are. And it's not like from a cognitive head. I mean, part of, that is part of it. I yeah. think talking and cognitive, it's part of it. It's you know, your, your, your heart, your emotions, but being able to connect, step back and see, because we're all wired mm-hmm. a certain way. Yep. Um, we were all brought up and nurtured a certain way. And then we do have a, a choice of how we do certain things. Hmm. Right. I mean, yeah. because when, when I look at this, we, so we have to connect, I guess, with ourselves. That has to be the first thing, in my opinion, and be willing to look in that mirror and yeah. say, who are we? And, and the thing is, sometimes we don't know. Yeah. It's really out of our awareness. And that's when we have to do yeah. some work to figure that out. And it's not easy work. Um, but, you know, no one said life was going to be a piece of cake all the time. <laughs> you know, it, it, to grow and stretch, sometimes it's like the growing pains. Right. I mean, I experience that all the time and I, I keep growing and like, now where am I going? And, right. but it's, it's a good thing on the other end and you really have to be intentional with your work as well. I think there's, yeah, I like that. Cause I can think of, um, uh, some of the easy gateways into self-awareness for me were like the Myers-Briggs I took in college. Um, yes. right. Even just the littlest thing where a, a typology of a thing was like a, Oh, this is how you're wired. I'm like, Oh, that's really true about me. I can see how I am gregarious or I can see how I um, have a fear of rejection and even just people describing it to me I could I could feel that was a yes I could feel that to be true right and I think that once you I mean you tell me but I feel like once you start to get a sense of what that feels like you can find other things in life that feel that way about yourself so that opens the door to self-awareness Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that temperament piece is a big part. And besides being a a certified equine control coach, I'm also a certified five voices coach. And that leads into what you said. Mm -hmm. And and so what I also do is um, five voices is really a matter of looking at your temperament, but it's Mm -hmm. different where there's five voices. So same concept, but not as 
what yeah. I would say easier and to work about and, and to mm -hmm. understand and to relate to each other. And, and you're really looking at no matter what temperament per se or what voice order you have, we're all part of all of them. Just sure. one or two of them are your first go-tos, right? right? But when you have a common language yeah. and you can understand mm. where you're at, but not only who you are. And I always say, that's the trick. A lot of people will say, well, this is who I am. And I smile and then it's like, yeah, but how are you impacting other people? Mm. You can't go around saying, this is who I am all the time. And that's awesome. But we impact each other mm. and we have to take ownership for that other side of how are those people being infected by us. And right. so it's really a balance back and forth with who you are. What is the, can you give me an overview of the five voices? I've never heard of that typology. Yeah, um, it's, it's based on the Myers-Briggs, but okay. what, they have, what they have done is, so same concepts, but um, what really is, it's everybody belongs in the five different voices, right? And so mm -hmm. it's the same thing. You're really looking at yourself as to, you know, how you're wired. And when you find that voice order, it's the same thing in that there is going to be um, your, your primary voice, right? Your foundational voice. And yep. then the next one, and those two really lead, but everything bleeds through that foundational voice. What's the, so, what's an example of a, of a voice? Like, is it like um, extrovert or? No, mine would be, um, my, my foundational voice is nurturer, mm, which probably okay. doesn't surprise some people who know yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I get that about um, you. And, and the second one is creative. Mm. And, and so those two really, you know, one of them, what's hardest for me is I've always been, I'm not two different people, but right. I got to tell you, it always felt like that because I've always mm. understood the mental health, emotional world, yeah. um, even from my undergrad. And I'm also the educational analytical head. Mm. And so what I found over the years, and I've been doing stuff for over 30 years, is you're sometimes at one camp or the other. Mm -hmm. And my head has always been, and my whole life experience has been both. <laughs> so part of that is one of them is a future-oriented voice where I'm really focused on here and now where people are at, making sure where you know, things are taken care of. Right. At the same time, that creative part of me is very future. And I'm wanting to look out and create things and do different huh. things. And, and so yeah. it makes it an interesting balance for me that right. I love to do the stuff mm -hmm. that's what I call more didactic, facilitating educational stuff, because uh -huh. that's a big part of my heart. That's how I started. Yeah. But I'm very, very much into in the, in the moment, like the gestalt. So mm -hmm. when I'm actually doing work with people in that realm, yep. that's a go-to that's easy for me too. And mm -hmm. so I, I don't want to say I flip yeah. um, as in it's very natural. It's very much who I am, yep. but both heads make sense to me. And that's why I think I went for both types of um, coaching yeah, is that I know right. that people from my life, we all learn differently. We all function differently. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's dealing with, hmm. you know, who right. am I? Where do I belong? Sometimes they can do the experiential part. Right. And some people are almost too terrified to go out there. And they're more comfortable with an educational type head first. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think it's a combination of both. So I love to do both depending on where they're at. I can really see how um, without some of those distinctions, um, and I'm trying to make a decision about a relationship or about a career, because that's the example we've been using. Um, I could see how I would get confused. Like, oh, like this next, this promotion has good money connected to it. Um, it might, uh, I think my peers would think I'm cool because of it, but, but I have a hard time deciding if I should do it or not, because um, I don't, I, I can't find myself in it. But if I had access, like you're saying to, sort of how I'm wired, I could kind of see how this is a fit or not a fit right. um, based on who I am. And I think that's so helpful 
to cross life's bridges. Like when you start to have that type of input and data, now you can make decisions to cross the bridges in a way that is more congruent right. than, than crossing the bridges and, you know, crossing your fingers <laughs> while you that's cross right. the bridges. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cross our fingers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where, you know, and to really connect it to yourself, I realize that requires honestly some vulnerability, yeah. but I don't think you can stretch and grow without being there because otherwise we stay in our head right. and it's really easy. And I always used to joke and say, I can rationalize with the best of them. Right. You know, you, you do that. I can do that. But to really be who you mm. are, you have to be somewhat vulnerable. And, mm. and when you look at that and you explore things, sometimes you have to let go of things. And sometimes it's different mindsets that, that maybe you grew up with people told you, you have to be able to let go of those, but you have to recognize them first. Yeah. And some people can do that by talking like we are. Mm-hmm. And they, they do fine and they can do wonderful, mm-hmm. but sometimes they get so stuck that it's out of your awareness. And I found that where that's where, when I was a play therapist, which really bled beautiful in with the horses mm-hmm. is that now, instead of just being symbolic and experiential, yeah. I have living creatures with me mm-hmm. to co-coach with me Yeah, and they can sense it. And sometimes when we're doing those type of experiences and experiments, then words kind of just go in one ear and out the other. But when we're doing that, you can't, I mean, you can't deny what the horse is is sharing with you and telling you. And it's an aha that, Mm -hmm. so sometimes when people are really stuck, that modality is what I would call it, works beautiful because it can do things that are so powerful that I can't do by by talking to you, or maybe you can't Mm -hmm. see it that way. So it's a different avenue to be able to help us with some awareness so then we can shift because sometimes we don't even know we're doing it. You, yeah, I love that. I want to talk about the horses for a second because you were um, uh, doing professional work um, before the horses were in the picture, right? And then there was a moment where the horses came into the picture. Yeah, yeah. That that whole life of um, being a teacher, school psychologist. You know, I still do some school psych work on the side here. Um, Being a professor, licensed psychologist. I'm no longer a licensed psychologist now. Just a year ago, I gave that up to really focus on my coaching. Yeah. And so I was doing all those things prior to um, finding the equine gestalt. And I, I knew years ago that I really got to a point probably when my youngest was going to college. Hmm. Um, and so it got to the point that I want to follow some dreams that I've had, you know, yeah. and I kind of took the safe way and, and stayed with a certain career. And, and I've always wanted, I grew up in a small town in South Dakota and, and I had some horses in my life, but I didn't have them in high school. And I said, someday I'm going to be able to have that again. And when I finished my doctorate, our, our boys were one, four, and seven. So it was a busy time those wow. four years prior. But yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy, but it was awesome. And, and I wanted to teach them and give them part of what I grew up mm. with. And so when my husband and I moved here, um, it was a perfect chance to get a horse mm. and to show the boys some of those different things. So horses were part of our life. Um, more so mine, the boys kind of the sports kind of took over, yeah. which is totally great because we <laughs> yeah. love that realm too. But horses have always been able to do a gift. So when I decided, you know what, it's time that I've always wanted to figure out how to blend being working with horses and helping people mm-hmm. at the same time. And I, I looked at a lot of programs, tried a few out. And the one that stuck out, honestly, um, was Melissa Pierce's from Touched yeah. by a Horse, the Equine yeah. Gestalt Coaching. It, it fit everything that I believed in. It mm. gave me the chance to really combine my emotional, mental health, love with my education head for me. Mm. Right. It, so the coaching was awesome. A big, big, big part um, was the horses of how horses are 
partnering with us because that's yeah. what I felt for a long time mm-hmm. is what they can teach us as well. And we work in unison together and, and yeah. the connection, the insight. But I got to tell you, one of the neatest things, experiential stuff, obviously that was huge because I had right. done so much of that work prior. Mm-hmm. So it was like another modality that it, yeah. was, it was broadening my professional life. And helping me out personally, one of the things I think the biggest benefit for me was that obviously with the work that I've done before, you kind of had to go through your own stuff before you work with other people. That was kind of a given, or you shouldn't probably be in the field, right? Right, Mental health field. And so I had done that. So when I came, I still had things, but I was thinking, you know what? I don't have big things maybe to work. And I kind of was minimizing. And one of the best things was when um, I was going through one of the, in the round pen with the horse myself. And it was being able to, because you have to own your own work, right? Right. Yep. As the, one of the best thing was for me is to say, when I was going through, I said, ah, no, that's okay. I don't need to. And I was kind of minimizing, not kind. I was minimizing. And I'm like, you know, and and here's what it was. It was a, it was something that really was important to me. It was a loss that I had in my life, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking everybody else goes through that. It's not as big a deal as somebody else who's maybe a little more raw. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I was kind of minimizing that. And the best thing was I really got the permission per se from the horse, but also mm-hmm. it's not really a permission from, from a human, right. but the permission for myself to say, don't minimize what you go through because I would never minimize somebody else that I was working with. Right. You know, if they yeah. said this is on their mind, I never minimized it. We went with what it was, but I had a tendency to minimize mm-hmm. when it was me. Mm-hmm. And so the gift to say, nope, it's not on a continuum of your concern is worse or better, or, you know, it's not a judgment. Right. And that's probably one of the first times in a long time mm-hmm. that I got to be on the other side yeah. per se and say, you know what, even though it's a life thing that happens, it's a transition yeah. that happens in life. Yeah. It, it's a big deal to me. And I think that's the part of heart that I have is, you know, when we sit out there and, and I think sometimes when I was doing more therapy, it was, there has to be something, you know, big before we go in, you know, and I'm like, boy, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be nice mm-hmm. is if we can grow and challenge ourselves in a positive way, but be able to let go of things that don't serve us. And it's okay. Yeah. And it doesn't, why does it have to get so bad or so awful before we call uncle and go in? You know, <laughs> right. what, if, what if this stuff was available to anybody yeah. right. who wanted some movement and growth, but also to let go of some things. But um, I think that whole part of minimizing mm-hmm. was huge mm-hmm. to me. And it made me say, you know what? There's a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people who, um, if they want to grow, they want to develop. And when we look at even from a, a personal basis, but also when I look at things at times, I look at from a, when you're a family, if you have a significant other, or even when you're in your business and colleagues, mm-hmm. if we really want to support each other to truly be the best that we can, we would lift each other up. We would encourage each other. Yeah. But the, the part that I know to do that is what I didn't do in college, in my grad school really is the self-care is a big piece of that. Mm-hmm. To be the best yeah. that we can, we have to. Mm-hmm. And so to recharge is so important. So that's a big you know, passion for me too, because mm-hmm. I was kind of a robot. And mm-hmm. I think I just kind of went and, and um, mm-hmm. did well at what I did. That was important to me. But sometimes that's when you kind of lose that part of yourself. And so to take care of yourself and recharge, and that's where for me, I can go different places, but that's where the horses really for me have done phenomenal. I've done a lot of... Um, retreats for people for recharging. Mm. And um, it's kind of a combination of finding yourself who you are, but also then nurturing that. Mm. So you Mm. can continue to do what you do 
Because if you don't, you kind of get lost again. You go right back to this circle again that you do. Right. There, I think a lot of people minimize themselves. They minimize yeah. their, um, their, their pains, their, like their situation isn't that important. Like it's more important to talk about other people's things. I, and I also think the, the whole recharging thing is a muscle memory. So if you're yeah. not used to, if you don't know what that feels like to mm-hmm. nurture yourself, yeah. then you just keep minimizing the little, the little voices and the little prompts are like, Hey, you should probably chill out for a bit. And it's like, no, 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 I don't have time for that. And we minimize these little clues that keep popping up, you know, because we don't know what that feels like. Right. Right. And, and I, and I think that's exactly it. Or yeah. we find that, well, you know, when, when this month it gets done, I'll do it. Or this season <laughs> right. gets done, I'll do it. Right. And you right, know, right. whatever it is. So yeah, it's, it's important to do. And again, it doesn't have to be something that takes a lot of your time. Sometimes it's two minutes, five minutes. You know, if you can give yourself an hour, yeah, yeah. but, or sometimes a weekend every quarter or, you know, whatever it might be, you, everyone's wired again differently and yeah. how they respond to things. But it's important to look at what it is. And the best thing is with our temperaments and, you know, and how our voice order is, mm-hmm. there's not one way works for everybody. So, you know, mm-hmm. people like to say, well, just do this more. Well, that may <laughs> right. not be right. Yeah. What, what drives yeah. me and recharges me. And so yeah. I really love that area as well. And, and being outside of nature is absolutely huge in my mind to it. You have this saying on your website that I saw, it was something I'll paraphrase and then you can t- tell me how it really, how you really said it, but it's something like you can't fool the horse. Like you can't lie to a horse, a horse knows, you know, yeah. I yeah. think there's a lot of things we do um, in, in the minim- minimizing of our needs or in the, we just, we kid ourselves a lot as we move through life. Yeah. That oh this is fine or this isn't important or whatever. Uh, I think what reminded me of that was when you were in the in the round pen with the horse and you were minimizing your thing and it's not really that important. But the horse knows, and I, I think that's what I love about this work is that you we can we can almost um, confuse ourselves out of or outthink ourselves out of our needs. Right. But horses right. just know and they can get you present to the thing that's really there to work on. Yeah. How does it, yeah. how did Can you say I give you an website? example of that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give you an example. Um, you know, and I would say that the, the head, heart and gut, and I use different words have to align. Right. And so yeah. there was somebody that was here and um, you know, it's somebody, it's not uncommon to have people just really be in their head because we want to be logical. We want to be rational mm-hmm. at times. And, and so mm-hmm. we want to reason it away or act like it's not a big deal. And, and sometimes to be honest, that's a coping skill that sometimes we need to do. So I'm not saying get rid of it. Sometimes that we, we need to hang on to that for a while. Mm-hmm. But when it gets in the way, um, I'd put hula hoops in the arena, in the brown pen, and um, put the person in there with them. And one was the head, the heart, and the gut. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my horses, they all have different personalities. I have four horses. Mm-hmm. And one of them, um, he's a little more assertive. So he's the one I, I wanted to be in there with him. And he does a great job with it. And this person had a tendency to always be in their head and they acknowledged that, Hmm. you know, so it was really hard to open up with the heart and emotions because to be vulnerable was not a necessarily safe place all the time to be. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't feel like they could do that. They just wanted to kind of shelf it. Hmm. And so I had them stand in the middle of the hula hoop in the head spot. Mm -hmm. And it was extremely comfortable for the person, Hmm. But the horse, uh, Gabriel is his name, and he did not think that was a good idea. And he came up and lightly nudged her with his head. And she kind of lost her balance, not bad, but lost her balance a little bit and took a step. And I looked and he did it again and again until he had her out of the, the um, hula hoop. Yep. And she kind of looked at me and I just kind of went, well, 
I don't know, because I didn't tell him to do that, obviously. He was sensing right. where she was. Yeah. And then we tried working with the heart and the emotions. And there was one part that, so the experiential part is, it was so hard to even step in to where the heart was mm. and truly could not do it. Hmm. And the hard part would be, and sometimes, you know, there's tears that come from that because yeah. it's, you don't realize it. You just say, ah, nah, it's no big deal. Yeah. But when you, your body is in it, hmm. it's so different. But that's when Gabe came and he stood right by her, his heart aligned with hers and he just held space for her. And then hmm. the tears came some more hmm. and we went back and forth. And every time she wanted to go back, cause she said, where well, I'm comfortable, he would say, no, it's not okay. And hmm. he would lead her back to the other one. And then the feelings, and he would go back and forth until she got to a spot where she was said, I said, okay, because you can't just all of a sudden say, okay, I'm going to be out of my head and I'm going right. to go into my heart now. Right, right. I mean, some people say, just do it. And I'm like, okay, it's not that easy. Right, right. That's a head and, thing to say. So, just yeah, it. It, it's a gradual. And so right. we got to a spot of, here's hmm. the hula hoops. You move them to where you're comfortable hmm. because we can't just throw one out because right, right. we're a human being, right? We, yeah. we need them all. And so rearranged to where she could do it, where she's comfortable and she stood and then it got to a point, it took us a while to do that, but then a spot where Gabe was saying, mm. okay, now, now I believe that you're in your truth. Mm. You know, I don't yeah. think Gabe's calling anybody a liar. He's just oh. saying, you know what? It doesn't seem like it's authentic and real. I don't yeah. see you be at peace. And being at peace doesn't mean it's like, oh, it feels yeah. great. It just means right. oh, that's where you can take a deep breath and you can accept. And so yeah. it was the most, it's cool. Mm. And sometimes I have to be like a proud mama. I look at my horses and go, <laughs> that's amazing. It is um, amazing. Because they, they do such things that honestly, uh, even with all the training I've had in the years I've had, yeah. they do a different level on a certain situation that I could have sat there and, and talked for a long time. And, and um, that other stuff that I do is, I think is, is effective as well. It just depends on the person. Right. It depends if they're stuck, if they need to have that little bit. Um, so it's for me to be able to have both modalities, multiple yeah. modalities, mm -hmm. that's always been my, my whole yeah. nature. And so it, it works really well. I, I love it. Yeah. It's so cool. I can totally see how, um, having access to multiple modalities, ways to access self-awareness and um, heart space and all those things that to cross my life's bridges from this place of um, um, not the machinery or the robot that's, that's kind of been living my life, but from a place that actually comes from my heart or from my center that makes, that makes the journey you don't, it's not that all of a sudden you get all the answers. It's not like you have all of life's answers now. It's just that it makes the journey feel more authentic and congruent as you live it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, like I said, my whole belief is I don't think we're done growing and learning right. until we're done. So there's, there's nothing wrong with saying we don't, we don't know this. We don't know that. That's right. okay. You're not supposed to because you hadn't right. been there before, right? And yeah. so yeah. I think my whole thing is, um, my belief is God's not done with me yet. Right. I'm, not, I'm not sure where he's leading me. Um, but I know I need to do my part. I need to be active. I need to, um, reach in because I tell you what, I, I want to be able to use whatever gifts. And I think that's my hope too, is that people truly, sometimes they have to find their gifts because yeah. they may not know them or not know they have certain ones because we yep. just don't know. And to truly use those gifts, not uh, to better ourselves, but also to serve others. Mm. And when we do that, it's such, it's such a good feeling on both ends. And yeah. I think that's my whole hope is that people keep striving and, and learning. And whether it's, like I said, colleagues or family that you keep doing stuff. So things can, and then better doesn't mean that it was a bad thing before. Right. Better to me means 
we can always grow. And that's an exciting thing. You know, growth is exciting. It's scary, but it's exciting at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Well, if people are listening to this and they want to grow, they love the different modalities you've spoken of and uh, the work that you do. How do people reach out to you to grow? Um, I have a website and they can go to that. It's crossinglifesbridges.com. I have a Facebook page too that they can follow. And so I've been doing some different videos that they can look at and um, looking at doing different other avenues for them to learn from that. But um, they can share all the information's on there. They can meet the horses on there. They can give cool. me a call for an exploratory session. That is totally fine too. Awesome. So good. Myra, thanks for your time today. Great to hang out with you here and until next time. Thank you so much. Thank you.